Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome to 125 Unfiltered, episode eight. And today we have a special guest, our first guest on the podcast, my good friend from my summer camp, Camp Greenbrier, Benjamin Price. Benjamin, how are you doing today? What's up, everybody? Um, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. This is awesome. My first time doing this sort of thing, so I'm excited. Yeah, no problem. I mean, this is my first guest on the podcast. I'm very excited to be able to get these in. Uh, thanks to Zoom for being able to allow me to record these. And without further ado, we'll get started. So the Steelers-Ravens game is in 20 minutes. So we'll do a preview for that as well. We'll just talk about some NFL throughout this episode. Um, it's a very significant guess, obviously, because, Ben, you are a Steelers fan. So uh, what, how do you feel about yeah, your chances? A really big Steelers fan. Yeah, how do you feel about your chances um, with the Ravens? I feel good. I think that um, RG3 is going to be the Ravens' starting quarterback, correct? Yeah, so Lamar Jackson is out yeah. on the COVID-19 list. Mm-hmm. So I think that since a lot of the defenses in the NFL have adapted and basically learned how to counter Lamar, and since RG3 is very similar to Lamar and play styles, I think that, you know, the Steelers defense, like having one of, if not the best defense in the league, we're going to have a pretty easy time handling and just containing um, the scrambling and the running and the passing too, I hope. So I feel good about the chances. Um, The offense, I think the offense is going to do their thing. Ben, Big Ben's been balling out this season. James Conner's been stepping up and all the wide receiver we've, all the wide receiver help we've had is great. It's tremendous. So I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah, definitely. And when you see the, I think it was maybe 15 players on the COVID-19 list for the Ravens, including Lamar Jackson. Also, Mark Andrews is on the COVID-19 list. He won't yeah. play tonight. Willie Sneed won't play tonight as well. Clayus Campbell, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram, they will play tonight, although they were on the COVID-19 list recently. So a bit of a banged-up squad for the Baltimore Ravens, but kind of like what you said, I think this defense, they're really, I feel like they're really going to bottle up Baltimore. They did the first meeting. And I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is in my opinion, one of the best safeties in the NFL. You could argue that he's the best. He's fantastic. You have a strong defensive front. So I think RG three is going to have a tough time and uh, Baltimore likes to get that run game going, but if they Mm can't because of that front seven with Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, I mean, those receivers aren't going to be able to create separation. This, this could be a tough game for Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I think that the, you know, Baltimore is hurt, man. They're, they're down. Like, and I think we have everything we need to take advantage of that completely and just make it hopefully a runaway. Unlike the game, the last game we played, but um, I'm, I think it's going to be good. I think rushing, that's been one of the things that we've, um, improved on this year. That's been something that we've basically just focused on and decided to, you know, let's stop this because our pass rush last year was really good with TJ Watt. Um, and so I think that now that we're focusing more on that while still doing our thing on the pass rush, um, the defense overall has just gone to that next, that, that top tier level. And um, pass coverage is amazing. You know, Mink has been, killing it he started off a little slow this season um but I remember when when we got him with that trade I was super excited because um we were looking for defensive assets and that's you know that he fit in perfectly and um you know that now that the season is 
over halfway through and it's picking up the playoff race. Um, he's really been stepping up and I'm super happy about that. Yeah, definitely. And it just seems like every time you turn a Steeler game on and there's a big play on defense, he's around it. He's either forcing fumbles, pass deflections, interceptions. I mean, he had that, the pick against Dallas. He had a tip pick against mm-hmm. Jacksonville. He's just all over the field. Now going to the yeah, offensive was- side of the ball, Kind of like what you said, Big Ben's had a really good season. And those wideouts, you have four really good wide receivers. Uh, you got Deontay Johnson, Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster, the rookie Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. He had 10 touchdowns through the first 10 games. And uh, you still have James Washington as the fourth wide receiver. So uh, what does it mean for you guys or as a fan knowing that you, you have the weapons necessar- uh, necessary to go out and win football games in the wideout spot and in the tight end spot with Ebron? Well, yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned Ebron because I remember when we signed him in the summer or in the preseason and I was super excited because, you know, I've been, you know, I've watched a lot of Ebron on the Colts and stuff like that. And to see he was a dominant force. Um, and I thought it was a really good pickup along with the, you know, the other tight ends that we have. It's just, re- you know, really strong on that front. And I'm super hyped about um, the four wide receivers that we have. I know, you know, a few years ago, we'd really only focus on Antonio Brown and then maybe thrown it to Le'Veon Bell a few times. Um, and then the next year, you know, Juju was our main guy, but, you know, obviously he had a little lackluster season. But now that we've had – now that we have all these pieces, now that we have Claypool, now that we have – James Washington is playing a bigger role than he was, but he's still – I think he's still happy with the role that he's playing. And, you know, so is Juju. He's um, he's not one of those wide receivers that's out there, you know, trying to get 200 yards and, like, two touchdowns every game. He's one of those players that's, you know, no matter if he gets three touchdowns in the game or if he gets no touchdowns in 20 yards, he's going to be happy that he contributed to the win in some way and that they were able to get the win. So I'm happy that we have that type of energy on the field and in the locker room that like helping each other out, like really team win mentality. And I think that's what, that's what's helped us to, you know, have this great season that we're having and keeping the um, momentum going. Yeah, definitely. And you see some people in the media criticizing the Steelers schedule, but Hey, you got to play who's in front of you. It's not, it's not the Steelers fault that they're playing the NFC East and the Broncos and Jacksonville, they're beating teams and they're beating most teams convincingly. Obviously you had the shaky game against Dallas. Um, but you know, you've, you've got, you're undefeated currently get, you're going to get that top seed in the, a, uh, in the AFC, as long as you continue the win streak going. Um, but let me, let me ask you a question when it comes to, uh, I guess, your team as a whole. Who do you think going into the playoffs for the Steelers and going we'll, – we'll stick with the game tonight, actually, to start. For the game tonight, who do you believe is the X factor to win this game and to really seal up the uh, AFC North? Well, um, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you an offensive X factor and a defensive X factor. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think the offensive X factor is – Without a doubt, Roethlisberger, I think, um, Roethlisberger or Claypool, if, you know, if Claypool is, you know, going hard, like playing in, like he was in some of those monster games, I think he could have a really, really great game against a weak Ravens defense. Um, but Roethlisberger, the way he's been playing this season, you know, just kind of like a great comeback season, um, you know, not afraid to air it out, um, you know, taking those short slam passes too. I think 
that, you know, if he plays well, um, he throws good passes, not no picks. I mean, like one pick, you know, I'll be fine with a pick. But, you know, um, if he makes good decisions, you know, finds those open receivers, I think he's going to be a crucial part to the team winning the game on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I think definitely either TJ or Minka. You know, TJ has been just having a killer season. You know, he like the past few years, that man has been balling out. Um, I think that, you know, if he can if he can catch RG3, if he can get that done, um, it's going to be awesome. And if Minka can take advantage of an older RG3 and deflects and passes and picks and passes, I think that's going to be crucial to winning the game. Yeah, 100%. And when your best players are playing well, you're going to win those games. I'll go I'll give you an offense and the defense. I'll go I'll go a little outside the box here defensively. I'm going to go with Cameron Hayward, the big guy up mm-hmm. front. He's very crucial for yeah. stopping the run, getting to the quarterback and he allows those outside rushers in Watt and Dupree to, you know, get their pressure. He he's a big part of that team and not many people talk about him because of the attention towards Fitzpatrick and and Watt. And then offensively, I'm going to go with the the entire backfield. James Conner, I believe, is out tonight. So that'll leave Benny Snell. That'll leave Jalen Samuels. And I believe McFarland. I think he's your uh, another running back. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah. getting the run game established, I think, is really important for Ben Roethlisberger. He can sling it. Uh, he can throw out 40, 50 times a game. That's what he's done throughout his career. But if you get a steady offense going, especially against Baltimore, you can control time of possession. That might give your receiver, take some pressure off of those receivers to not have to make all of the plays. So I think those are some really important uh, players for tonight. Yeah. um, And going back to what you said about Cameron Hayward, I agree that he's just a monster presence on the line. Um, And he's like in real life, he's gigantic because I, I rode an elevator with him. I went to a Pittsburgh game. And I was, um, it was alumni week, so, you know, like, all the Pittsburgh alumni were there. And, like, Hayward was, like, staying at the hotel that I was staying at. And he, like, hopped in the elevator. Um, I, I knew it was him because, like, well, one, he was gigantic and he looks like a football player. And um, on his neck, he had, like, a gold chain that said, like, 97, which I believe is his number. I think yes, it's 97. Yeah. yeah um just big chain. I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's Cameron Hayward. Um, but that was awesome. You know, he's a, just a gigantic guy who, who can really just like push around people defensively. And I think he can be great on putting a lot of pressure on RG three and stopping the run pretty early. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a, an opinion question here. Let's see. Let's see where you go with this. So obviously, uh, every year we talk about who's the best rookie wide receiver, and okay. your your guy Chase Claypool can be up there in the conversation. I know what my answer is at the moment. Do you believe that Chase Claypool is the best rookie wide receiver, and why? I do not believe Chase Claypool is the best rookie wide receiver. Um, I'm not going to show any bias. I know he's really good. Um, you know, big Calvin Johnson vibes, like similar to DK Metcalf. But um, I don't think he's the best rookie wide receiver. I think, um, you know, the name's slipping on me right now, but um, for the Vikings. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, Justin Jefferson would be my pick for best rookie, rookie wide receiver right now. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you there. That That's my answer. Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's getting against Carolina, two touchdowns, really good route runner, but Claypool's definitely up there. Uh, that, uh, everyone listening, that's when you know when you have a non-biased fan right there because yeah. some, some bias could be going to be like, oh, yeah, Claypool's the best wide receiver. But, you know, Claypool's de- definitely up there, but I, I, I'm with you there with Justin Jefferson uh, definitely definitely being the best rookie. Um, but it's a really good rookie wide receiver class, especially in that yeah. second round. That's where some people hit. You got Michael Pittman, who's uh, getting some more targets now, really turning to the wide receiver one. And then you still have guys in the first round like Ruggs and Judy who just aren't getting the bulk of the uh, targets right now for their teams. But it's really amazing how Claypool kind of just – it started with that Eagles game, and then he's really just turned into this dynamic weapon for for the Steelers. Yeah, Um. If you had asked me that question like a few weeks earlier, I would have said Claypool. But um, after looking at Jefferson and like what he's been doing in recent games, um, it's pretty crazy. Um, and you can't help but feel bad for him when you see like the passes Kirk Cousins is making. Like he's wide open. He's just airing it out. And it's so far in front of him. And you just feel bad because, you know, his stats could be so much better. Um, and I know – that's kind of like a giant thing. Like you see the way his route running is. He's leaving people in the dirt, um, leaving them in the dust. And he's obviously a great player, but um, I feel like more people would be open to the idea that he's the best rookie wide receiver if they saw bigger numbers on those stat sheets, which he could even, which he could easily have if um, he had someone probably besides Kirk Cousins at the QB spot. All right, transitioning to the whole NFL now. Obviously, as a Steeler fan, you have to beat out uh, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes probably eventually. I was going to ask a question, who are you most scared of in the AFC? But I figured that answer would be the Chiefs. Um, so if it is, uh, what, how do you think the Steelers can uh, match up against the Chiefs to, to get them in the playoffs? I'm not sure if they play this season. Um, I can check right now. They don't, they don't play. Um, I wish they did, but they don't. Um, it would be nice if we played them in the regular season just to get like a feel for that team and that offense and that defense. Um, I think that a big, you know, probably the biggest factor is um, providing pressure on Mahomes and keeping up with the speed of the Chiefs team, specifically Tyreek Hill. That man has been, you know, last game, like crazy stats, 200-some yards, two touchdowns in the first quarter. Um, just shows that we have to be, like, in the playoffs honed in on that pass defense and keeping up, you know, coverage, making sure it's tight, making sure we're not, you know, losing easy coverages and opportunities like that. Um, Run defense, not as worried about. I'm interested to um, get that Le'Veon Bell reunion, seeing him. Um, But hopefully we are able to, um, you know, stop them on the run pretty well. but, yeah, the pass, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously is, like, who most people in the NFL are going to be scared about. And he is probably my biggest fear heading into that game. But um, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty sure that we are able – we will be able to shut him down a little bit. I'm Obviously, he's going to put up good numbers still, but I, yeah. I think we'll be able to. Yeah, it, it is clear that these are those are the two top teams in the AFC. I think a couple things – when I was watching Mahomes against the uh, – against the Buccaneers, 
Uh, they had 17 points in the first quarter. Although he had uh, around 460 yards, they only scored 10 points the rest of the game. And if people were watching that, you saw that the Bucks were getting some good pressure on Mahomes, and they were getting instant block shots, whether it was from Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. And I, I recall a, a red zone possession for the Chiefs. I think it's where they kicked a field goal. It was three straight plays, first, second, and third in goal, throwaways by Mahomes because the Bucks got pressure on him. They made him roll out, cut the field in half, and he had to throw it away because there was nothing there. That's a great way to really slow down that offense and, and limit them in the red zone. There, he's going to get his stats, kind of like you said, but I think red zone defense is important when you're going up against the Chiefs. And also, I think looking at how the Raiders played them is important. It seems like they have the blueprint. Uh, play play good defense, win in the trenches, run the ball, yeah. control time of possession. The best defense against Patrick Mahomes is keeping him off the field because he's yeah. gonna he's gonna put up the points. But if you limit their uh, the opportunities that they create with the deep ball, and then also maintaining time of possession and controlling the game your way, then I think that's your best shot at beating them because that offense they are. It's it's like it's like the Avengers. They are they are so good, but the Steelers defense is one of the few defenses that I really have faith in that can that can really shut them down. You got fast edge rushers. You got a pretty good secondary. You got good safety help. Minka is fa- is smart enough to not give up those deep balls like the Bucks were. So I'm really excited for that matchup if if we do get it towards uh, the end of the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, Mahomes pressuring him is a huge part, and we have the people we need to do that we have like key players that that's what they do you know that's what their role is to provide pressure on the quarterback but um another thing that's scary about Mahomes is that he's he's good at throwing under pressure you know he's um you look at those sidearm passes you look at those scramble passes and he's you know on on select plays like when he's under pressure he's he's slinging it and he's completing those passes so just got to get to him quick before his receivers can have enough um, room to make a catch on a throw like that. And I think that, yeah, if we, if we suffocate him, keep him off the field, um, kind of grind out the clock, run, run the ball a lot, run it up the middle, maybe make some slant passes, throw it down the field every once in a while. I think, um, I think we're going to be in really good position to win that game if it comes to that. When you're looking, when we look at the whole NFL, who is your one sleeper, either AFC or NFC, to to make the Super Bowl? Hmm, to make the Super Bowl, well, what? T- well, I don't. Know. It depends. You know, what teams would you choose? What would you say aren't sleepers? I'd say teams at the top. So teams like. Uh, New Orleans, Green Bay, Seattle. I'd say like the leaders in, in the divisions, except the Giants, obviously, uh, <laughs> like those type of teams. And then, and then obviously like uh, uh, I wouldn't really consider Tennessee a Super Bowl sleeper. Well, you, you, they're like a fringe Super Bowl sleeper team, but they are eight and three. Um, so yeah, I guess like a wild card team. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, there's a couple of options you could go here. I would say, the Bucks. I, I don't know if you want to call them a sleeper, but I think, um, you know, Tom Brady in the playoffs, no matter how differently he's been playing this season under that coaching offense, I think if if he gets full control of the offense and plays it 
how he did and he wants to um, come the playoffs, I think they're going to be scary. They're going to be really scary with the um, teams that they have. If they get it all together, um, start playing well towards the end of the season, I think they can make a deep push in the playoffs. And my other team would be Arizona. And I know Arizona is looking really shaky recently, but I think, you know, once again, Kyler Murray has been playing really well. You know, they have DeAndre Hopkins, you know, the man. That's who you want to have on your offensive team. Um, they just got to make some adjustments on defense, step it up over there. And I think that they can also, you know, make a pretty good playoff run if they do everything they need to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Arizona had a tough loss to New England last week. Kyler Murray wasn't exactly um, in his best form, but that team can be really dangerous in the playoffs. Uh, I, I would I would say at the moment Tennessee is 8-3, and three, so I wouldn't really call them a sleeper, but I think they're a team to look out for. They could go on a massive run like they did last year in the playoffs. I mean, their defense is playing a little bit better. They were horrible defensively the first half of the season, but when you've got Derek Henry uh, running the ball the way he is, that that's a hard offense to stop. And when you've got, because they, they're, they control the game really well. And, uh, but another, another sleeper that I'll give, um, I'll throw the Colts out there. I know they lost big last week to Tennessee, but they did not have DeForest Buckner in that lineup. He's a huge part of their def, uh, their defensive success. This is a really good defense without him. Uh, their, their run defense wasn't as good as it normally is. I think they've got some good, uh, good other players like Xavier Rhodes. He's having a nice bounce back season. Darius Leonard, he's an amazing linebacker. And also this offense is playing pretty well. They're sticking with their identity. They play tough. They're a little like Tennessee, but uh, you've got a good run game with Jonathan Taylor, Hines, um, and Phillip Rivers is having, is having a decently uh, good season as well. I think that's a team to look out for. And I think a team that's a quarterback away at this point is the Rams. You've got Aaron Donald, the best offensive lineman in football, you could argue. Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in football. This defense is really good, but you've just got Jared Goff making some mistakes, making too many turnovers. I mean, you lose to the banged-up 49ers last week. That's not good, but you're still 7-4. and four. You've beaten Seattle already. Uh, I think that's a team where if Jared Goff can just clean up some of his mistakes, they could be right back to the Super Bowl like they were two years ago. Yeah, um, Jared Goff, not, not playing as well as he was in previous seasons. I know last season and the year before that, he was playing at a pretty good level, but um, I think that he's actually kind of underrated in what he's been doing. Like, um, yeah, he's made some mistakes, made some slip-ups, but, you know, you got he's still a younger quarterback. He, has, he still has a lot of time, and I think um, the Rams definitely – they're not in quarterback trouble, but um, if, you know, if he keeps making those mistakes and stuff like that, um, you might want to start – looking around but yeah the Rams have just about everything they need to um take it to the next level and make that playoff push and I think the other team that I would choose to be a sleeper is probably Buffalo um just be they've been making some noise against big name teams this season and I think that you know obviously I don't think they're going to make it very far in the playoffs if they if they get in the playoffs we'll see but um I th- I wouldn't put it past them, you know. I I think they might have a chance at doing something special, but yeah. 
Yeah, Buffalo is right there at eight and three, leading their division. But Miami is seven and four. They're right behind them. Um, so I got one last question for you. For for my team, the New York Giants, we are in the worst division in football history. We are currently four and seven, first place. We've got what? We have six six games to go. Five games. To, I think six six games to go. Five. Um, I think we have five. Five games six. to go. Five or six? six? Oh, no, 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 no. It's five. We do have five. Steelers, Steelers have this game. So we're four and seven. Washington is four and seven. The Eagles are three, seven, and one. Cowboys are three and eight. Who do you th- see winning this division? The NFC East. I will mention before you, before, as you think about your answer, the Giants have beaten Washington twice. Washington has beaten Philly. They've beaten the Cowboys twice. And the Giants split with Philly. And we still have one more against Dallas, which we lost the first one. So what do you think? Um, I think that the Giants do have a good chance at winning. You know, it's, it's going to be – I think it's going to be Washington or uh, New York that wins the division. Um, I hate the Eagles and I hate the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think Carson Wentz is terrible. I don't like him at all. He's having such he's a rough soft. season. I don't think he's a good leader at all. You know, people are going to uh, – Eagles fans are going to blame the O-line, but I think that, you know, that's an issue. But Carson Wentz is the bigger issue. Um, and Cowboys, uh, I, I just <laughs> I just have such a deep hatred for them. But, you know, you know, um, I do feel bad for Dak, obviously. Like that, yeah, that, that was a hard injury to see. Um, when you guys played them earlier in the season, did they have Dak Prescott then? Yeah, that that was the game he actually got injured in that third quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Went down with that terrible injury. And then Andy um, Paul made some really good throws to close that game out for them to put him in game-winning fuel goal range. But there really is nothing like the Cowboys losing on Thanksgiving. Why do they – I've said yeah. this on – I think it was Monday, but I keep saying this. Why do they play on Thanksgiving? No one wants to watch them. They're terrible. Yeah. They never win. They never win on Thanksgiving. I can't think of the last time the Cowboys won a meaningful game on Thanksgiving. And same with the Lions, too. Like, why does Detroit play every Thanksgiving? Like, I know it's tradition, know. but – But they do. Like, <laughs> nobody really cares that they play, but they do. Um but I think, I think that New York does – I think they probably have the best chance to win the division um, because, you know, now you're facing this Cowboys team that didn't have Dak. Um, they don't have Dak. They didn't have him in the first half um, like they did last game. But I think because, you know, you guys have kind of grown and accepted, like, the role that your team is playing, you know, as one of the, you know, teams in the league. Um, But I think that you can, if everything goes right um, against the Cowboys, you could get a pretty solid win against them. And it it just makes you think, like, what if you had Saquon this season? Like, imagine. (laughs) Yeah, only only one could imagine went down that ACL uh, week two against the Bears. But Wayne Gallman's actually made up pretty nicely. He's running really hard, had about 94 yards and a touchdown last game. But I'm with you. I, I really think the Giants could win this division probably with seven wins, maybe six and win a tiebreaker. But I think seven is the, the safe spot. We've got the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. Th- I believe three of those games are very winnable. 
the Cowboys at home, obviously, last week. Uh, the Browns at home. The Cardinals at home. I think Seattle and Baltimore on the road will be a little tougher, especially if the Ravens start to get into finals, uh, their final form toward the end. But I can't believe I'm saying this as a Giants fan. We started out 1-7. and seven. We've won three in a row. We might make the playoffs. It is, it's a great time to be a Giants fan. Hopefully, my New York Giants can pull through. Daniel Jones has that injury. We have to see how he does. But I, I think this team, the team is getting better. Good, uh, the defense is really, really strong right now. I love the pieces we have there. And um, we'll have to see how it, how it pans out the, the last five weeks of the season. Uh, ben, any, any last uh, words you'd like to say? Any, any shout-outs for social media or anything? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Real Benjamin Price if you feel like it. Um, I don't really be talking about sports on there, but just know I'm a huge Steelers fan, huge Celtics fan. Um, I'd love to be back on here sometime to talk about some NBA stuff. But, yeah, super happy to be on here. I'm glad you were able to get it going. Um, and, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Our first guest of the podcast, Benjamin Price. Again, thank you for coming on. It was a lot of fun talking about the NFL. Yeah. And you're, you are welcome to come on the podcast another time, uh, especially once that NBA uh, gets back in action, action later in December. Thank you, everyone, for listening to 125 Unfiltered. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.